In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Thanks, Lucy, for reading for us. Well, if you were here uh, with us last night at our 9pm service, you probably arrived uh, getting dumped on by the storms that were moving in. And unfortunately for lots of people across Melbourne and I think other cities around Australia as well, there are many people who experienced power outages last night in those storms, the, the rain and the wind. So lots of people waking up this morning without power in their house, probably unwilling to open the fridge and let the warm air in, hoping that their Christmas ham hasn't spoiled, uh, that their plans for today won't have to be totally recast. And I remember as a child, maybe you have this memory as well of having power outages. Does anyone remember power outages at home as a child? Yes. Especially at night, right? Quite dramatic. Uh, and this, the, the, kind of, the story depends on it being a pre-phone torch world, uh, which it was when I was a child. I remember uh, we'd be in the house in the evening and uh, maybe there was a storm going on or maybe it was unexpected, but suddenly the lights would flick out. The house would be plunged into pitch darkness. The TV would flash off. There'd be these kind of half-delighted, half-fearful shrieks and kind of oohs around the house as people suddenly realised they didn't know where they were, how to get out of their bedroom or the room they were in. And the family would kind of come together down the hallways, creeping along, find each other in the kitchen, and then began this occasional absurd ritual of trying to find the candles. Maybe you, you were in the situation as well, right? We go, where are the candles? Do we have candles? Mum goes, yes, we've definitely got candles. There would be, there's some tea light candles in the highest cupboard in the most distant room, or maybe a, a decorative kind of um, nice smelling candle in the lounge room that she thinks is there. And so in pitch darkness, we'd all have to go off and try and find these ancient candles that were somewhere around the house. 
Eventually, a voice would call down the corridor, I found them, I found the candles. So again, we'd all have to kind of come back down along the wall, back together in the kitchen, find the matches, which is a whole thing in itself, light the candle, and suddenly, the whole scenario changes, doesn't it? That story reaches its, its kind of warm, comforting, cozy conclusion as the, the darkness, the kind of nervous darkness is dispelled by that, that cozy, comforting light of even just a single candle in the kitchen with the whole family huddled around. The light of just that one candle dispelled not only the physical darkness, but the fear the, the anxiety, the stress of that darkness that we felt together. St. Francis of Assisi, an ancient Christian uh, thinker and writer, he wrote these words, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. And today we are celebrating Jesus, the light of the world. God made flesh, born among us as one of us, the light of the world. All the glory of a thousand suns in one tiny flickering candle of a human baby. The light of the world shining into the darkness of the world and into the darkness of our hearts. Our reading this morning was the first words of the Gospel of John. John was one of Jesus' followers, and this is his account of Jesus' life and, and ministry and what he did. What we read is, is the prologue of John's account of Jesus' life. So before he gets into the story proper about what Jesus did, he sets the scene with these words that we just read. And he uses these words very deliberately that echo the very first words of the Bible, page one of the Bible. In the beginning, in the beginning. He's very deliberately beginning his story of Jesus' life at the, the kind of the grandest scale, at a cosmic, universal scale, in the beginning. He's going back as far as you can go to start this story of Jesus. So he doesn't start his story of Jesus' life like Matthew does, by listing Jesus' family tree. He doesn't start his story of Jesus' life as Luke does with the story of Jesus being born. He doesn't start like Mark does with Jesus already grown up and about to begin his ministry. No, John begins further up, further out, zoomed all the way back. He begins in the eternal, in the universal. So let me read again uh, verses 1 to 5. And, and hear how John begins his story zoomed right back. And know as we read this that when he says the word, that's a title for, for Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus, the Word of God, he has always been, 
and he always will be. He is eternal. He was with God and he was God. He is magnificent. He's unparalleled. He is cosmic. He's infinite. He's grand. He's everlasting. Through him, all things were made. Nothing exists that wasn't made through him. Everything that is, is for him. Colossians 1 echoes these words. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. He is, he is the light. He's the source of life itself. Every living thing on our earth depends on the light and the warmth of the sun. Our planet is perfectly positioned to receive the life which the sun provides through its light. And as, as bacteria and plankton and grasses receive their life from the sun's light, insects and birds and fish receive their life, larger animals that crawl and swim and fly, even humans. We all receive our life from the light of the sun. But even more so, the Bible teaches here, all life depends on this light, the light of life. All that is, is from him and for him and depends on him. The light of Jesus is even more life-giving, more foundational, more essential, even than the blazing light of the sun. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus, the light of life, the source of all life, he shines into the darkness. Back in Genesis 1 that John echoes, he shines into the darkness of, of pre-creation to bring about creation, to bring about everything that is. What does God say in Genesis 1? Let there be light. Life. His light drives back the darkness of that void, that, void, that shapeless pre-creation to bring creation. But our created world is still infected by darkness, isn't it? We let the darkness back in. Children die in Israel and Gaza. Cancer takes those that we love too early. Families are destroyed by violence. Pacific Islands have rising seawater lapping at their feet. Corrupt leaders exploit. Anxiety rises. Our world is still infected by darkness. And the hard news of the gospel, the hard news of the Christian message, is that we let the darkness in. It was us. 
It was people that chose the darkness, even when the light of life himself walked with us. We turned away from him. Each of us and all of us turned our backs on the light and in the darkness committed evil and our wickedness has infected the whole earth. We need the light of life to shine into the darkness once again. And he does. He does. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone, that light of life, was coming into the world. He's shining again in the darkness. But not how we expect. There's a twist. See, the light of the world doesn't blaze and burn like an exploding sun. No, he enters the world silently, humbly. Not in a blazing sun, but a single small candle. A single infant human life in the stable with the oxen, with the animals, because there was no room at the inn. Jesus, light of the world, illuminates darkness. A single candle that all the darkness of the world cannot overcome. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He, the, the kind of technical Christian word we use is he incarnates, he takes on flesh, he becomes human, a fragile human baby, and in that human life is light, brilliant light held in his tiny body. He lived a perfect life, the perfect life that none of us could live, not you, not me, none of us, because of the darkness, the brokenness that we carry within us. But not Jesus, not the light of the world. There was no darkness in him. His light is, is pure and unwavering and brilliant. And the light of his life shone for us shone into the darkness for us. Jesus is the light in the darkness, and no matter how dark the darkness, no matter how heavy or oppressive or disorienting, darkness cannot swallow the light. It cannot overcome it. Jesus is the light that illuminates the darkness and that cannot be overcome by it which is good news for you and for me. It's good news because we have darkness hidden in our hearts. Secret things, things that make us ashamed. The, the thoughts in our minds that no one knows about, the regrets that we carry with us. Maybe there are parts of your life 
parts of your mind that you've been trying to keep hidden in the dark. Things that you just kind of ignore when you pray or things that you pretend aren't really a big deal. Things that you're trying to get away with under the cover of secrecy. Jesus, the light of life, shines into the darkness of our hearts. And when bright light shines into darkness, it can be searing, right? It can be uncomfortable. It can be painful. Every part of your heart and life is visible to the light of life. Your heart and my heart are totally naked, visible before Jesus. When our hearts are murky and shadowy, Jesus shines the light of life into our darkness. And where he shines his light, darkness flees. Darkness is swallowed up. It's dispelled. Jesus shines his light into our darkness and takes our darkness into himself. He swallows it up. He takes it into his own body. The light absorbs all the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. See, this baby grew into that perfect man, full of light, no darkness in him. And that perfect man of light bore the punishment that you and I were owed for our darkness, for our sin, as he went to the cross. Like a a glorious reversal of a black hole, this light drew all the darkness of the universe into himself on the cross. All the sin, all the wickedness, all the evil into his own body so that we could be free of the darkness. He died there, in my place, in your place. But death was never the end of the story. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, even on the cross, even as the light took all the darkness into himself, the darkness could not overcome the light. He rose from the dead. He drew all the darkness into himself and his light burst through it all. Early on the third morning, as the first light of the day shone over the horizon, his followers found his tomb empty. And a new bright day began, which will never end. If you know the light of life, if you know Jesus, if you trust in Jesus, he will free you from the darkness. You'll never need to be ashamed. You will never need to fear. The power of the darkness is taken away by the light of life. And you can live in that light. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
If you follow the light of life, if you put your trust in Jesus, if you believe in his name, you will enjoy his light forever. Because his light is one that will shine for eternity. There is no other light that can bring you this life, true life, abundant life, eternal life. Even the light of our sun will one day be extinguished, but not this light. If you put your faith in this Jesus, he will shine light and life into every dark corner of your heart, every dark part of your world. And where there's darkness, he will bring new light. So today, would you see and trust the light of life? Would you believe in the name of Jesus? Let me pray that we would. Jesus, light of life, thank you for shining into our darkness. Thank you that the darkness cannot overcome your light. We pray, Lord, that you would shine your light into the darkness of our world and into the darkness of each of our hearts and lives. We pray, Lord, that we would see and love and trust and follow your light. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.